Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, um, we brought you another thrilling instalment of Steve Bruce's murder mystery striker. And not just that, we spoke to the world's foremost expert uh, on the literary works of Steve Bruce, which was, uh, which <laughs> was, was fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, so a bit yeah, of background. absolutely. Total expert. Um, yeah. uh, we had um, sporting royalty, really. Daley Thompson had a chat yeah. with us about a new fitness thing that he's doing. Yeah. Um, Terry Alderson joined us. Yes, Terry was on good form, actually. And yeah. uh, finding lockdown a little bit tricky, but uh, yeah. we had some clips, didn't we, from 2003? We did, yeah. Did some old good? vintage yeah. clips. And we had a chat with Jason Bent, uh, current Premier League footballer, uh, about uh, coming out of lockdown and project restart. So, of course, we had a chat as well as always. And don't ask me. We had don't ask me. Uh, What a thriller that was. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul, and uh, a lucky UK ticket holder scooped uh, Friday night's £15.2 million Euro Millions jackpot, the Sunday Mirror told us. But the result means the lucky winner can almost match footballer Harry Kane's £16 million fortune. I was thinking, hey, it's a bit harsh on Harry Kane that he did a bit more for his £16 million than just buy a ticket in a sweet shop. Yeah, fair well, enough. That's why, that's why it's, it is a great leveller, isn't it, really, the lottery? I take it it's not you who won it, otherwise you'd be telling me what you've been planning to tell me. Tell me what you think of me after all these years. Yeah. You would be very scorched. 15 million quid, Andy, you would be very scorched earth. It would be, even though I might be on the receiving end, it'd be very entertaining. So, um, some of the other lockdown news, Andy, I just want to tell you about them. A top scientist says, rather than shaking hands uh, as we go forward, he would like us all to greet each other with a star-strek Vulcan salute. No, mate, not a not a way in hell is that happening. That's a bad idea. No, you can touch elbows, you can touch shins. That all that's quite touch good. shins. Who does that? Yeah, the foot, the sort of foot shin. Some foot odd greeting. Morris dance. Who <laughs> it's a bit of an odd Morris dance. Rubbing shins no, with people like a Masonic. It's a very odd business. There. I've not heard of but, shin rubbing. Oh, you haven't seen that one, have you? No, no, who no, does? It's, who it's does good. it? Have you done? Have you ever rubbed shins with anybody? <laughs> it's not actually shin rubbing. It's more foot rubbing. It's more foot well, touching. Foot, that doesn't make shoe. it sound any better. Shoe, <laughs> shoe touching. I think. Yeah. It's. Well, again, no. Everything you say sounds really pervy. Just stop saying it stuff bit, like that. Um, I think people know what I'm talking about. The other thing is, um, yes. if you want to go and see friends and family, which of course I think it's a little bit more um, slightly eased today. Um, hmm. it's quite a worrying list of things you can't do. They've suggested if you want to hug a relative, probably the best way to do it is to uh, 
have a shower curtain between the two of you. So wrap their mind and yourself in a shower curtain. Be I ridiculous. think I might just do the Vulcan salute instead. <laughs> yeah. You've got to wash your hands straight sweet. afterwards. And they said, really, the only uh, safe way to do it is not to hug at all. Yeah, so thanks very much well, for that. Yeah, I'd say that's probably the good advice, really. <laughs> Ridiculous. Do you want to know what David Meller's album of the week was yesterday? Um, I, I didn't even I know sleep otherwise. <laughs> yeah, um, I know, was I was it? reading the mail on Sunday. Went, Dave, it's a big picture of him, which is never a good thing. And it says, David Meller's album of the week, Nicola Benedetti's Elgar Violin Concerto. I was thinking, okay, I'm not actually interested, really. But yeah. is he an expert on classical music? I don't know. I know he's, well, I don't he know. Is, wasn't an expert on football. No, I don't know. Maybe I mean I'll go and, I will go and uh, check that out. I, uh, I would have, uh, I would have thought uh, it might, uh, uh, etc. I thought it might have been something by uh, Captain Sensible. Wasn't it? I said cat. I said cat. I said cat. I said cap. I said captain. I said. I said captain. I said, yeah. You get the idea. David you get Mellon. the idea. Now. Oh, yes. yeah, go on. Go on, carry on. What I was going to say, finally, the, the, the paper's taking the mickey out of David Beckham and his hat. I don't know if you saw mm. he was wearing this sort of farmer's hat, I suppose I'd describe it. And it, yeah. it was sort of being quite disparaging about it. I was thinking, but by next year, you, you know, if Cheltenham's on, everybody will be wearing them at Cheltenham with those tight suits. Oh, yeah. David Beckham floppy hat. So, of course you know, they will. He yeah, is, yeah. He's a trendsetter. He is a trendsetter. Uh, I went back in. I did uh, I did another big match uh, from 19... This, the 4th of February, 19... 19- 79, I went back to Andy. And um, it was, yeah. I just picked them at random. Tottenham did happen to be the main game, playing Manchester City. They got absolutely cuffed by Man City. So both teams were in a bad place at, at that time, not playing well. But Peter Barnes was just sensational. He just ran. He was a good he was player, Peter Barnes. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. He was just about saying he might lose his England place that week. So great timing there. <laughs> to kick the bloke out when he was playing like that. Keith Birkinshaw had not gone to the game, the Tottenham manager. He'd gone to watch Alan Biley at uh, Max Rushton's Cambridge. Of course, he never really? actually signed him. Two oh. players made their debut for Tottenham that day. Uh, one was called Stuart Bevan. He was a midfielder. And uh, it was one of only four games he played before he moved on. He went on loan. Then he went to Reading. He had a very good career at Reading. His son's a pro as well, a football league player. So that, but the other player who made what? his debut that day, and this is the fickle finger of fate, of course, uh, in the world of football. The other player who made his debut that day was one Tony Galvin. Ah, he went yeah, on Tony to went on to win a you know, UEFA Cup yeah. and, and two FA Cups as well. So them's the breaks, of course, sometimes two young pros what setting out. What point together. of the season was this game? This was 4th of Feb, so um, this was kind of come the 78 79 uh, season. Um, we were told that uh, Mark Kendall, sadly, the late Mark Kendall, the goalkeeper then, had lost £12 to get his place back in the uh, team. I don't mean money. I mean weight. He'd have <laughs> to lose a lot of weight. And he was wearing, like, a goalkeeper shirt, which was a turtleneck. It was very odd. It, it, it was, if it had been in black, it would have looked quite hipster. But it must have been very uncomfortable Steve Jobs. for him. Uh, Malcolm Allison had just come in to help Tony book out uh, at um, City. Yeah. And the first thing he did was a typical Malcolm Allison. Um, in a good way, was to put Colin Bell in as a sweeper. I mean, just, you know, Colin Bell was playing in the back four as a sweeper. He said, oh, yeah, I thought that, that was a good very idea. Malcolm Allison, He could it? dictate the play, and sure enough, he did, because absolutely <laughs> cuff Spurs. Um, what else did we have to talk about? Um, Borough versus Forest was the other game. Kenneth uh, Wollstenholme was your commentator. And uh, Viv Anderson got on the ball and was a brilliant charge down the right um, and to set up one of the goals. It was a penalty. And Ken Wollstenholme says in commentary, I've got no idea why they're suddenly booing Viv Anderson. I thought, unfortunately, Ken, 
They're not booing <laughs> him. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sadly. Um, and the Borough fans gave you a, a song you don't often hear these days at football. You're going to get your head kicked in. And uh, <laughs> nice. they were they were in full voice at Ayrson Park uh, with that one. God. And a bloke ran it's on tremendous. the pitch to remonstrate, remonstrate with the referee in a full suit. He had a full suit on his belly. <laughs> Really? Oh, no tie, but you know, proper. He had a proper two-piece yeah. suit on, started pointing at the referee. Telling but that him was it. It People always wrong. went to football in suits. In 1966, Britain's first ever yeah. pitch invader, Eddie Cavana, Cup final. Yeah, he was wearing a suit. Yeah, well, this I know is 79. We recreated I think- it. By 79, a lot of people weren't wearing suits to the match, but apparently they still no, were up in true. Middlesbrough. Um, we had a comedy clip from Brazil, Brazilian football. A bloke uh, was doing an elaborate goal celebration. Brian Moore thought that was hilarious. And again, we had letters with full addresses. Um, kids of uh, like seven that. and nine giving out their actual home addresses. I think <laughs> had a very different uh, view about things then. Uh, United Arsenal was the uh, final game. And of course, uh, that was the cup final that year, 79. Elton Wellsby was your commentator. We spoke to Elton the other week. I'd never heard him oh, commentate right. before. Okay. No. Uh, Alan Sunderland got both the goals. So uh, United didn't oh, learn, well. of course, in the uh, subsequent no, four months before the, the final, final. That's yeah. true. So there we are. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. An awful lot of people uh, in lockdown have been uh, working harder on their fitness. And uh, there is another option uh, for you now to get fit. And uh, you've been very safe hands because uh, the man in charge of it is an Olympic legend. It is, of course, Daly Thompson. Daly, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Paul and Andy. How are you two doing? We're not yeah, too not bad, bad Daly. Daly. How, how have you been faring? Do you know what? I, I don't know about you guys, but I am actually having a brilliant lockdown. I've got... I've got a 13-year-old son and I've got an 18-year-old son. The 13-year-old in September is going to boarding school. My 18-year-old is going to university. And I've just had three months where we've been doing stuff every day and I've got another three months to go. So seriously, I am having a brilliant time. My relationship with them has just blossomed. I think that could be quite universal, actually. I mean, I've had both, both my sons here at different times. My oldest boy came back to work here. My youngest boy's about to leave to buy his own place and I, I think a lot of people maybe like us it could be the last opportunity you, you get yeah. these guys all together for an extended period of time we may look back on this little period uh, fondly in some ways mine have gone yeah, well, completely I'm afraid yeah Andy's well, Andy's have gone completely yeah. <laughs> well if I was one of his kids I wouldn't be going back either <laughs> <laughs> But you've been you've kept you've kept busy daily, haven't you? Because as I said, you are uh, you're doing home workouts. Yes, I'm do- I've been doing home workouts on on dailyfitness.com for the last few weeks, and somehow somebody from Virgin Media has mm-hmm. has seen them, and they decided to uh, start a little fitness channel called Get Moving, and uh, they've asked me to contribute a couple of hours a day, five days a week. So, oh, brilliant! I'm kind of back in work. I've got a whole bunch of personal trainers working with me and we're delivering six seven eight classes a day and it's been really fun getting it together yeah, what some people might not know is you've you've had you've never really let let it go have you? you've had a weekly training group on a saturday morning ever since you retired i think for a long time anyway, andy, as as I andy you're a good man yeah no i have in fact the training group actually started back in uh, 81 and so nearly 
every Saturday since 81, me and the guys have been getting together. Obviously not the last few weeks, but mm. this has been easily the biggest interruption that we've had in those 40 years. Um, I'm, I'm checking out some of the workouts and it's for all levels. You've got beginners, intermediate, and you've got more advanced ones as well. Yeah, and what I was going to tell you two is if you need something a little easier than the beginners, I'm sure I could find you something. Oh, cheeky. I've been in the hands of uh, Joe Wick so far, Daly, but I'm going to give, I'm going to give uh, one of your classes, definitely going to give one of your classes a, a go. Paul, what's it going to be? Are you going to be a an advanced and intermediate? Well, I think I'll, I think I'll go in. I'll, I'll set. I'll find, I think I'm, I'm hopefully beyond beginner, but I'll go, I'll go intermediate and see how I get on, and then I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. No, I look I look forward to hearing some critique from you because okay. obviously we've we've just started, and it'll be interesting just to to find out what people think. Yeah, how long are they daily? How long are the, the classes that you do the little fitness? Uh, they, they go anywhere from seven minutes to forty minutes. Oh, okay. So again, you can if you're a beginner, you can you can do the short beginner or you can do a long beginner. It's it's completely up to up to you. And on Fridays, you're going to be joined by a special guest, aren't you, on the channel each week? And it's the first one's going to be Seb Coe. So uh, that'll that'll be interesting. He's your old mate. I mean, where he's got a big job on his hands. I mean, where where it's a, such a big question. But where do you see athletics at the moment? We're uh, leaving aside lockdown and all this stuff. It's it's clearly not as popular as as it was back in the day. And I and I think that uh, you know he's got a, a tough job because, as we know, football hoovers up everything whether it's the people the money or the or the or the airtime so like all sports you know athletics has has been struggling but i think that you know he's trying to get it on a a much firmer footing and he, and he's hoping that even though we've all been on lockdown all this time that at least he's hopefully going to be able to finish the season with some with some meats even behind closed doors hmm. I like also around your fitness sessions, you've been answering uh, punters' questions. And one of them was about Seb. Uh, he said, uh, could you beat him in 100 metres? And you were quite <laughs> confident you could. Oh, oh I think he's so. an old man, for Christ's sake. He's 65. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, in fact, I bet Andy's chances of being able to beat him. For oh, blimey. Sake. Okay, well, he's, yeah, he does <laughs> no, little legs I'm like pistons he's got. Yeah, no, yeah. surprisingly <laughs> quick, actually. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he is. He is surprisingly, surprisingly <laughs> quick. That's right. <laughs> but you said because you yeah. say he was never a sprinter. You said he looked, he was a great athlete, but he wasn't a sprinter. I think maybe even in your pomp, you probably would have beaten him at hundred meters, wouldn't you? Yeah. I, do you know what? I could. I think I could take him at the one, two, and the four. But everything, everything else, he would smash me to smithereens. Yeah. Because yeah. You're, you're right. He was. Uh, and the thing is, he's still training six days a week. He's still taking it very seriously. Well, really, I didn't know. That's amazing, well, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose if you're, ahead of, you, if you're ahead of world athletics, you've got to look after yourself. You can't have a big old derby. <laughs> you can't have a big old derby when you start <laughs> you calling the shots. But, I mean, it's a job that it's a, it's a multi-lunch kind of job, that. It's the sort of thing where you can go and have a big dinner and a big lunch. So, you have, I think you have got to look after yourself, That's really, true. when you, that corporate. No, I love sure. one of the other and questions. And you spend the time on the airplanes. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. That's true. That doesn't really do you any favours. I love the no. fact that... One of the punters asked you daily, um, "Do you ever play your family at your own computer game, the Daily Thompson Decathlon?" This, I mean, it's a legendary game. This from back in no, the day. Is. 
don't know if they make it for the PS4. I mean, but the, one, its charm was the fact you could just play it with two fingers, wasn't it, really? Yeah, no, absolutely. And the funny thing, the funny thing about it was, was that there, it came out in the middle of the 80s. There's not been a single day since it came out that somebody hasn't mentioned it to me. Really? And I never thought that it would kind of catch on and still be people talking about it 40 years later. Well, yeah, I That's know. Amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it was, it was an iconic game. Have your kids played, played the game? They had a go at it? Uh, no. I, I don't let have electronics. Come you on, can't, that kind of dad, you know. You can't find the equitment to play it on. You'd have to... It, it'd have to be, <laughs> be like, <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Andy. I was going to ask Danny, are your, are your kids sporting? Do they, do they like to take part in sports and various? Um, one, one of one of them, Elliot, he uh, he he does the decathlon, and uh, he's all right. He's I think he, he's ranked fifth in the country, so he's he's wow. okay. And, wow. and I've got another boy who's in Harlequins Academy, and uh, and my thirteen-year-old. Just in the last, since actually since lockdown, has just been getting interested in getting in shape. I'm not sure what for because he don't like girls. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we let you go, Danny, when when can where can people find the classes? And uh, and I say you've uh, done this type with Virgin. How, how's that going to work? Yeah, Virgin Media. It's uh, it's called Get Moving the Channel, and it's on nine nine seven. Okay, and you can access cool. the, the the workouts whenever you like. Yeah. Yeah, or if you want some other free, if you want, if you're not on Virgin Media, if you just want to go on daily dailyfitness.com, there's some free ones on there, no problem. Excellent. All right, good to talk Brilliant. to you, daily. All the best, fellas. It's really nice talking to you. I hope you have a, a really good week. Yeah, and you. Thank you. Take care. There we are. The great uh, the great daily Thompson. There, go and check out his uh, exercise classes. Charlie the cabbie's been in touch, Andy. He was uh, an Enfield Harrier. And uh, he said that Seb was pretty rapid over 400 metres as well. So he'd obviously oh, run against quick. him at, at that speed. <laughs> so uh, Daly was bold there, saying he'd do him at 400. <laughs> I re- he was amazing, Daly. I remember in his heyday, he, he was sponsored by Adidas, and he always wore their yeah. gear. And I, I, went, I was involved with the PR thing, and he was he was part of it. And it was a fashion show, a big fashion show. And everybody was dressed up to the night. And old Daly comes on stage wearing his Adidas tracksuit. I thought, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> he never cared in that way, but it's great. He sounded yes. in good form too. Yeah, he does sound good. I don't know if you saw the, the biggest shock today was uh, Salisha Djukanovic without his beard. Did you see the picture today, Andy? No, I didn't. I, I saw you know the why? And I didn't know yeah. why. The, well, do you know there was a picture of uh, Djukanovic with a trophy? There was a picture of a bloke next to him that looked absolutely nothing like him. So I can understand why you didn't double take. But that's him. Without his beard, um, I don't know, his Ooh. hair's longer. He's maybe put a little bit of weight on in lockdown. Uh, he looks like a completely different bloke to the <laughs> point where you actually wouldn't think it was him. It's, a, it's towards the back of oh, the sun, yes. isn't it? Yeah. It's oh, him. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's just... I just it's thought a, it was some other bloke. <laughs> it's a slightly fuller face man who looks about eight years old. And normal, I mean, a beard can be ageing, but not on old Salisha there. He looks... Oh, uh, no, it suits him much better. Get the beard, the beard back. Get the beard back. Yeah, start growing. Most people have been growing them in lockdown, not shaving them off. But um, 
Yeah, look, I don't know. He just looks completely different. He looks quite non No disrespect, but he looks a bit nondescript, doesn't <laughs> no he? No disrespect. No disrespect. Well, it's just, well, you know, he, to the point where you yeah. didn't even look at the picture. It's a face <laughs> that... It's the face. I mean, the thing is, you don't want the Fulham players feeling that. You want a, a man full of character. If if they he's standing there and they're kind of looking through him like a ghost, that's not good yeah. for team morale, is it? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Well, Hawksby, Andy Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sports. Well, we've been checking in with friends of the show, of course, uh, over the last couple of months. And we're doing a re-check in now. It's been a while since uh, we spoke with him. So uh, I know he's been busy. He's been doing a little bit of South End related stuff, South End United related stuff. So uh, Terry Alderton, uh, therefore, one of their former keepers, uh, comedian, friend of the show, joins us now. Good afternoon, Terry. Hello, boys. How are we? Well, how are we? I mean... <laughs> We've been locked down, haven't we? I mean, <laughs> we haven't. Have we? I've been going. Up, I've been going up the pub and everything. Have you? Nobody told me. I knew. I knew it. I knew it. Someone had me over. I've got to stop listening to people. It's an elaborate ruse. All your mates got together. Yeah, yeah. That's no. Not and they, and they said that. Someone said it was an elaborate ruse, and I kept thinking it was a colour red. Yeah. <laughs> elaborate ruse. There you go. Just for the stupid people. Um, I, uh, what have I been doing? I've been walking around in my pants. But I, to, to be honest with you, I spend my life in my pants anyway. As a, as oh, a comic. Okay. I get up in the morning, there's nothing to do, is there, until I'm doing a gig. Unless I'm going to go and do a voiceover, I wear my pants. So I've been, I've just been walking just around your pa- pants. Just your pants? No, I've got a top on as well. I'm not that oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> That's a bit weird. No, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the boys loved it. Uh, the neighbours must think that he's out, in the, he's out in his pants again, look, putting the bins out. <laughs> I you might... Every day it's Thursday. It's Thursday as well. It just seems to always be Thursday again. <laughs> you uh, you do a lot of live stuff. I mean, I, I saw a little post on social media and there was just a, a microphone on a stage and you a bit of melancholy really sad. I, I didn't well, think I'd ever miss it this much. I mean, yeah. is it kind of reinforced? Maybe you're, you're not alone in this as a comedian. Has it reinforced how much you love doing what you do? Well, I think what it has done is reminded me, you know, if you take it away, then, you know, guess what? Uh, because... I always moan. It's like, you know, I'm sure people do this when they go to the gym. You know, they go, oh, I can't be bothered. When you get in there, you do it, come out, you go, oh, that was great. Uh, well, when it comes to stand up comedy, when I come off the stage, it's still terrible. No, no, it's, uh, no, it does. It, once you get out there and do it, and then when, you, when you're told you can't do it, and then you start thinking, oh, hold on a second, I, I really do like doing that, you know, and I kind mm, of miss, yeah. I miss because when I, you know my stuff, and if you don't know my stuff, then you totally understand. But you take, I need the audience. It's not like some terrible Butlin's audience participation act, but you need, I need my crowd. Do you know what I mean? Not having to yeah, go Butlin's, yeah. that's horrible. I shouldn't have done that. I mean, but I mean, like old school comics, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not Butlin's, sorry, Butlin's. Um, but. <laughs> well, you're hoping to get work there. He's hoping to get a summer season. I, I guarantee you, they are never going to book me anyway. Um, but I, I need. I need them as much as they, as I need the audience, as in it, it doesn't work unless they come on board. Does that make sense? So, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, miss, you know. I miss me friends, if that makes sense. Me, me, the lunatics that come and watch me, bless them. Yeah. I, I was just looking, Terry, I'm uh, just looking at your, some info online, and it says here, it's the normal stuff of when you were born and marriage, but it says here, marriage location, Epping Forest. That's a, there you that's go. quite a wide area. <laughs> well, you, well, you got married in Epping Forest. We're druids. 
Yeah, we're <laughs> druids. <laughs> they try to push us over to Wales, but we're not going there. We're having our Christmas trees. <laughs> I imagine it was just a church in Epping, wasn't it? Really? I mean, well, no, not not what, strictly what, in the sporist. The sporist. Shut up! I'll tell you what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah. What it was? What it was? What it was, was there's a barn. What it was, was. Right? A, it, what it was, was there's a barn, right? And in the barn, they yeah. did civil ceremonies, you see. And mm. then they sold that that area of the barn, which is uh, um, it, it's near um, it's near uh, Thaden Boys. It's actually oh, Thaden yeah. Thaden Bois, they call it. Yes. And then I went to buy that barn one day. I thought, we're going, why don't we buy it, right? So we turned up. The bedrooms were too small. Uh, I didn't have any. I didn't have enough money. Uh, the bedrooms right. were too small. <laughs> Couldn't afford it. Couldn't afford it. Um, and the garden was much... Anyway, it doesn't matter. I turned up, and uh, one of the one of those blokes from Boys Home, take that, or wherever they were, Wonderwall, whatever they are, yeah. he was in there. He owned it. I can't remember what the one Boys Home or the other one. Westlife. Westlife, Westlife. yeah. Not Wonderwall. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder you have to know who they are. someone's song in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh god, you know lockdown's over, right? And you can probably stop drinking now. Um, <laughs> so, I, yeah, uh, Terry, I, I saw. I, yeah, sorry. You keep going. Keep going. Sorry, sorry. No, I was just saying it was Westlife. One of the Westlife boys. He, yeah. he had it. So there you go. It's one of the blonde ones. Okay, all right. Yeah, yes, I, I, I know. I think I know what you mean. The I, I saw you did uh, a little bit with uh, South End podcast called the Custard Splat. Now. It's yeah. wonderful because they're a lovely obscure name for a podcast. But then yes. I've kind of put two and two together. Um, you're wearing a shirt and uh, the, the guys on the podcast said he's even worn the shirt. And it is a shirt, uh, an old Olympic South End United shirt, Telly right West Communications. And it does look like a custard splat. It's some splat. design there, isn't it? It is. It is one of it ranked as one of the worst kits uh, of the 90s or eight, eight, 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it actually is now thought after. I mean, as, as, as any South End United kit is, <laughs> you know. But uh, <laughs> I have the away one as well, which is all red. There you go. Right. But yes, yeah, I've got it. I've got the Castle Splat, and I know a lot of lot of, lot of fans now want to get this. It's kind of a a wanted shirt, so it, it's not that. I quite like it. I don't know why why it was yeah. so one of the it's ones. Quite nice. I quite like it. I liked it. It's, pretty, it's made by Olympic. I've never heard of them. So oh, yeah. There you well, go. Don't rub it in, mate. You're your <laughs> <laughs> all, all, all your dough, all your money. I loved it when they went. Man United have lost twenty-eight million pounds over the coronavirus. What's that one player's leg? Get it for the yeah. whole of the first and second division for that. I mean, yeah. come on, we're all going to go That's under. True. Uh, we're going to have a yeah. chat with uh, Michael Duff a little bit later on at Cheltenham, and uh, they were going rather well when you went into lockdown, but. Uh, your boys were not having the best time of it, were they? Yeah, well, to, to be honest with you, we, we obviously want it to be dumped the season. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's also problems with uh, with points as well because we played a player that shouldn't have been played. Apparently, oh, I don't know anything about it. I'm going to say we didn't, of course. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I I, I, I I do we start again next season deducting those points. Maybe, you know, maybe it's time as well, as I was talking to the lads on that Custis Black thing, actually, you know, Scott was saying that maybe we should go back to the North-South thing again, you know, the cut the leagues or the quarters, and it just so there's always four gates, you know, you always got a good game on, you know, yeah. instead of poor old Plymouth having to hike up to Carlisle or something like that, you know. Mm. Maybe, uh, maybe, the w- have a look at it again. 
I like the fact that you've noticed that you look quite a lot like Dominic Cummings. He said, I've made the front page. Oops, no, I haven't. Have you been... I tell you, it's disastrous. It's just another bald man with black glasses. Well, I started the black glasses thing, right? And yep. every bald man now wears black glasses. I'm not having it, man. <laughs> Nicky, Nicky Martin, bruv, you know what I'm saying? What is it about the combo of, uh, of black glasses and bald head, then, that, that works? No, I think, I think we're trying to, you know, just keep it, like, you know... I suppose if we wore Larry glasses, that we go, look, you're bald and you're wearing stupid glasses. All they've got on you is you're bald. You know, for yeah. some reason, that's a really bad thing for a man to be, is bald. You know, not so much nowadays, is it? But, you know, one thing I will say, I'm not grey and I'm not receding. So even though I am almost 50, I think I'm not looking too bad. No, I think I'm, you're, you're wearing very well. It's the, I'm, uh, wearing, it's... I'm wearing my age well. Had I been with hair, receded grey, I may look my age. That's true. That's, That's a true. very good point, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah that is... So, uh, that we doesn't were... answer your glasses thing, but, you know. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> You've not been tempted to grow a beard, Terry. I've, I've, I've I have. seen you with the beard. Grow, I can't grow one. I, oh, look, okay. I did take some. If you go, I did, did I put them up? I think I put them up and took them down because everyone took the mickey. I look like a kid. You know when you had the kid at school when... Uh, I'm, I'm growing a moustache, and you're going, you're not, yeah. though, are you? You're just, you're just, that's not even, that's not, what is that? So I just look stupid. I even covered it in my goatee to make myself look better. But <laughs> it's just not happening. I, look, I was going to say I look more like Paul Gaff, but I don't think that's a good good place to go. When the beards at school or facial hair at school was always, uh, I mean, we had, a, we had a, a Mauritian lad who had a spectacular beard. We also had a couple of Turkish boys who had sensational tashes when they were about 15. Found like Burt Reynolds coming into school with 15-year-olds. <laughs> and it was just... Is, yeah. I, w- I want to point something out, though. When people go, I look and give them my beard, and beards are trendy, right? They're trendy, of course they are. But let's not forget, that hair around your face is pubic hair. You know that, right? <laughs> I'm not going for the laugh here. You're walking yeah. around with a big pew. pew face. I suppose you are, really. This is probably why, say, Djokanovic has, has uh, shaved his off and he, he looks he looks quite scary without it. I mean, I think this is a man that, that needs a beard, definitely needs a beard. And Some men be... do need beards. I think weighty chaps like a goatee, don't they? They're like a, they're like a your weighty chap likes a goatee. Oh, right, OK. Your bald man who they expect likes black specs, your weighty chap... He, he likes the goatee. Okay. So special Jacob. rules. Not, not Andy Jacobs, though. He, yeah. just, he, just, he just wears that very, very well, that pubic hair around his face. Terry, you know, you know we can't have you on the show without giving us both Chris Eubank and oh. Nigel Benn. Oh, no. I, I think it's contra- we're contractually obliged <laughs> to ask you to give us Chris and Nigel. It's a lockdown situation that I've been in of um, lots of... Enjoyed because I have had to live with Nigel Ben. Yeah. <laughs> is he there with you? Is he there with you, Nigel? Who's this the garden path? Why yeah. is Nigel Ben? I said to Nigel, I said, would you like a cup of tea? He went, listen, listen, let me tell you, when you're making tea, you don't ask me if I want tea. You just make coffee, because that's all I like. And then, of course, I ran out of breath. I ran out of breath and I can't beat that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear me. Oh, oh, well, yeah. So, but Terry, lovely, lovely to talk to you. you uh, as you said, you, you do rely on... Uh, to talk to someone. I suppose it is. That's why we see this as a, as a little service. All, done, all I have done, the whole lockdown, really, is have Vine, right, Tim Vine, send me films that he either wants me to edit or he's edited 
right? And he goes, what do you think of this one, Terry? And then he puts out puts out on YouTube, but he sends them to me first. He goes, what do you think mm. about this? And then he sends them out, these crazy, flipping, looking for a nutcracker bird or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> so all I've had yeah. is Vine sending me videos and, and, and Jalili uh, sending me random stuff as well. So I've just had them two really in my ear. Yeah. Bless them. Tim, oh. Tim has really embraced, Tim Vine has really embraced social media, hasn't he, in okay. lockdown? He's, in he's fact, a real convert now. You know why, though? Because he's just got an iPad and he's just got the internet. Oh, of course, yes. he's just got the internet. <laughs> just reached something. I tell you what, he went, you're not going to believe this. I've just got the internet, so I can play my mum at Scrabble. So that's why I got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, good to... But anyway, anyway, you want to kick me off now, I know. Well, we, we have to, I'm afraid well, we do. We it's to. Well, it's, it's lovely to talk to, to you. We, we will catch up with you soon. Boys. All the best. All the best, Terry. Please don't leave me on my own. Please don't leave me on my own. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, kind of. Uh, these are from 2003, April 2003. Some old mini discs have uh, resurfaced in a dusty old cupboard somewhere. And uh, James Marston, one of our teams, very kindly uh, put them down, uh, digitised them for us. And um, here they are. We've not heard them since 2003. So uh, we hope you enjoy them. Um, they could be quite sketchy. Who knows? Let's find out. We start with Alan Brazil and Mike Parry on breakfast talking about the big celebrity couple of the day, the Beckhams. Okay, well, let me tell you something. Why are you getting pelters today? Uh, Well, here we are. It's just seven o'clock. I get a few pelters down there now, but, you know, broad shoulders, you know, uh, water off a duck's back. One thing I can tell you about the Beckinghams is that they are definitely going abroad, Al. (laughs) The Beckinghams. It's interesting. Palace, I think you got it from there. Mike doesn't sound any different at all, but Alan sounds like he's about 15. I know. It's weird. Anyway, here's a presenter from that period, Richard Kaufman. The MP for Glasgow Kelvin was joined by James Well last night on James's Well Show. James's Whale Show. It's all basically, he did the lot. He, yeah. he talked about all Moby different, Dick. the blue whale. That's right. It was mainly quite a lot of Moby Dick chat, really. This is now very uh, Martin Kellner, of course, uh, still working with oh, us every yeah. Friday. Uh, also talking about the Beckhams and possibly the origin of the phrase oh, to correct. be Kellnered. Uh, Beck, I mean, it goes inside, inside, it goes into the details of the security, which seems pretty, you know, difficult to penetrate. Uh, Bex is also believed to be planning secure panic rooms for both Beckingham Palace and his apartment in Alderley Edge, Cheshire. And that, of course, is in case Sir Alex Ferguson comes around. So, so they've got somewhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no reaction there. No reaction from Mike and Alan. That's why we say if, if you get Kellner, that's what you do, a gag, and then it just basically hangs there in the air and you get no reaction. So that Martin could be sounds, the first. Martin sounded less northern, I felt, there for some reason. <laughs> he was doing his why. posh voice, I think that's what it was. <laughs> his phone voice. Anyway, back to Mr. Parry again, doing his very best James Richardson impression as he casts an eye over the Italian news. Right, let's go to a real round-the-world paper. Gazzetta della Sport. AC Milan coach Carlo Ancelotti is up despite the goalless Champions League draw with neighbours Inter. Hector Cooper, Inter's manager, admitted his side was second best after the break. <laughs> what accent is that? It's the worst thing I've ever Welsh heard. at times. What the heck's going on? Why would you do that? I've got no idea. You might, you might say Gazetta della Sport in that yeah. way, but then you'd just speak with your normal voice. You'd back voice out at that, that point, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, sticking with Italy, here's Alan Brazil talking to, a, talking to a caller. I think on a good day, if there was no players offside, it, it, it 
would not have got well, to let the Well, let me ask you this, Mark. What if Buffoon or Buffon got, got a touch on it? <laughs> buffoon? What a good... Buffoon. There's only one Buffoon there, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's an Evertonian caller now. We made it clear to the Premier League that, yeah, no problem. Of course you can give the trophy to Man United. They've won it. They deserve it. They're a fantastic team. Uh, and Everton football fans are Puritans. Purists, I think he meant, didn't he? <laughs> Puritans. Yeah, it does seem it. Now, uh, we know Mike Parry is a wordsmith, and here he is using one of his uh, classic similes. You just remember Liverpool are just on the back of a 6-0 victory at West Brom. Michael Owen, his feet are on fire. His feet are like flames of goal-scoring machines. <laughs> <laughs> like flames of goal-scoring machines. I think they put that on the cover of Michael Owen's book, didn't they? <laughs> Mr. Parry again now. Perhaps with an early warning sign that two-thirds of his heart was about to give up. From a Manchester City fan. Oh, it's very nice, isn't it? You see, the insults fly in just because you can't keep up with the intellect. Excuse me, with the intellectual... <laughs> pocket of wind, I think it was. Bit of wind. Uh, back to Richard Kaufman introducing a guest. Well, let's find a little bit more about this from France's Talksport correspondent Xavier Rivoire. Yeah, we used to have a we used to have a whole Talksport correspondent in France, a man who lived in France but knew an awful lot about Talksport. Yeah, France's exactly. foremost Talksport expert, he was. Hello, Brazil now with Mike Parry, and I wonder, I wonder if that title. Sorry, this misprint. I wonder what title their guest had. Now, let's talk to a specialist in sports finance over at Leeds University's business school, Dr. Bill Gerrard. Uh, doctor, good morning. Morning. Doctor, I think it's getting closer, Doctor. Uh, who's right and who's wrong here, Doctor? If, if Lester, sorry, Doctor. If doctor, yeah. what's, what's the immediate problem then? The, what I'm saying is... It's inevitable now then, Doctor. Just to, So, Doctor... Doctor, mm. thank you very much for that, Dr. Bill Gerrard. <laughs> Definitely a doctor, by the Definitely sound of it. Definitely a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> over, a chief superintendent. I think it, it could be, yeah. Over, on, <laughs> yeah. Uh, over to Nigel, by the way, on Fisherman's Blues with news of a catch. One last email before I get back to the calls. Here's a great one. Congratulations to Steve White for catching a 41-pound, 10-ounce mirror. Yeah, now, of course, yeah. we now are all fishing experts. We wouldn't <laughs> yeah, think we anything of now. that. Uh, yeah, we wouldn't put that back in. Back in those days, we thought he basically just caught a mirror. But, of course, we know he's talking about carp now. Exactly. We're knowledgeable now. And finally, it's Mike Parry with a guest, talking to a guest about Michael Douglas's marriage to Catherine Zeta-Jones. It's only since he married Catherine that he's become very litigious. Well, I, I, um, had, to, you know. I, I had to shoot off to um, a sex clinic in Arizona once where he was getting treatment for having too much sex. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope he's not well, that always, litigious. It's always, it's always quite <laughs> handy when someone just tells you person's litigious that you just sort of sling that particular one in. <laughs> so there we are. We'll have some more from back in 2003, but uh, Mike's not changed, has he, really? As we've found throughout these, it's just... No, no. Uh, we must play that clip of him and Alan to him, just to say, listen to the difference between yeah. the voices. I think it'd be yeah, we'll, we'll play him one of those, uh, the Beckingham's on one, uh, on Wednesday yeah. when we catch up with him in lockdown, so... Uh, yeah, so uh, more old classic clips to come throughout the week. We'll have a fresh batch. We'll actually have the clips of the month for you as well. We'll, uh, we'll bring you those later in the week. But I've got dog news, Andy. You want some dog news? Oh, dog news. Yes, please. Yeah. Now, what about this? Experts have compiled a 62-track playlist to help dogs cope when owners finally go back to work. They've got so used to the oh, company and having idea. people here. Yeah. They get a bit lonely sometimes in the day. Um, it will include Could You Be Loved by Bob Marley because a university study found that dogs love reggae. Do you know ah. that? I don't know why. What well, it is about? It's like reggae. babies. 
I discovered this through my oh, son yeah. and through other people with babies that you play them a bit of reggae and it calms them down. Apparently, it really works. Is that so what it is? Sort of, any particular reggae? Is there anything that. I think Bob Marley's the favourite. Okay, <laughs> right. Fair enough. I'd imagine that was some reggae, but not all reggae. Um, so, yes, and. Uh, at the end of the song on this playlist, you're suddenly going to hear a voice saying, you're a good boy. Did you enjoy that? Really? Nice, yeah, good old Spotify. Yeah. They're going to look after <laughs> the dogs in, uh, in lockdown. And my, basically, uh, the, your, your Alexa can fire out a biscuit as well. Mm. You've been a particular... No, that's not true. <laughs> that's been a particularly true. good boy. Uh, Max Rushton, uh, I think you've got this one as well. What's yeah. that? Uh, he just spotted Rita Ora. He was out for a walk, so he thought mm. that I'd be massively interested in the fact that Rita has finally gone out, which is a bit of a blow for the newspapers who are getting a fantastic service from her Instagram account. It's yeah. tremendous, honestly. They it deserves a, a, a journalism award for me. A massive four-page um, picture today of her uh, eating an ice lolly, wasn't it, <laughs> really? Four-page of a national newspaper. Yeah. Both, uh, not just in that paper, but also in, in other papers. And right. they always got this. What I'm fascinated about these things is they always feel they can't just put a picture of Rita. So, because she's a very beautiful woman, they want to just put a picture of her. That's it. Here's Rita enjoying herself in lockdown. Now, they've always got to have some ridiculous quote. So it says, if you hear that ice cream van, get behind Rita Ora in the queue. The singer's always on the first, uh, to, always the first on the street to get a watermelon lolly or a 99. I don't know how they know that. She's also been making cocktails, telling Vogue, I call it Rita's Margaritas. Who cares? I'm not sure what I'm doing, but I'm enjoying looking up the recipes and trying them out. I've also discovered my new obsession, eating watermelon in the sun. Okay. I just have the picture. But you say who I cares, Andy? You're, obs you're obsessed with a woman. You care, clearly. Um, she, she was ordering a coffee, says Max, and considering oh, getting right. a sandwich. And I think at this point, <laughs> uh, Max moved on. He, uh, he, he left her to it. Um, well, uh, we had a bit of a Johnny Nash story here, Andy. I don't know if you've uh, seen this. This was a story in today's Sunday. It said uh, a pet ferret who ran a marathon over two weeks raised £2,000 for a charity and then, and then celebrated by escaping for three days. So I thought, how does a, how does a, how does a ferret do a marathon? Um, yeah. And I thought, what, in a wheel? But then you wouldn't have a ferret wheel. It's not, you know, Is it up and down uh, somebody's trouser leg? A, no, no, no. It was, it was on a lead with its, uh, the daughters of, it, of its owners. And uh, cool. yeah, it did. It did raise a couple of grand. They they took it. They walked it for twenty six miles. It seemed quite happy, at a slow pace. But then when it escaped, and yeah. um, in, in the report in the local paper, it, it said it did escape for a couple of days. Celebrations were cut short after its marathon. When Bandit escaped shortly after finishing, one walker even reported seeing him in a dog's mouth. And that's that's generally terminal. <laughs> That's that is good, that's generally once you're in a dog's mouth, that's that's that's, that's it really, isn't it? There's no, no way back. It, but it's a shame more people didn't get behind the ferret. You know, you like raise a sort of similar sort of money as Captain Tom Moore. That would be tremendous yeah. for the ferret. It didn't get quite get the notoriety, but uh, anyway, that that was that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Well, there's nothing like the insight you get from a current. Premier League player. No one can really yeah. tell you what it's like from their point of view, Andy, apart from the, the people at the sharp end. So uh, it's uh, a joy now that we are able to speak to a top Premier League player to see how he's coped during lockdown and how he's feeling about Project Restart and the way forward for the game, of course, it is the legendary Jason Bent. Jason, uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, lads. Um, how's it going? 
Yeah, we're not too Good bad. Chase. Thank Thanks. you. Um, yeah. Where have what, what's lockdown been like uh, for you? Where have where have you spent it? Yeah, um, well, it's been a difficult period for me, and I think for all Premier League footballers, really. You you start getting paid one hundred and sixty eight grand a week and doing nothing for two months. Um, <laughs> you know, personally, it's been a very difficult few weeks. I had to cancel my dream move to Woo Handovers. Um, oh come on. God. So that's, that's footballers, footballers are just like normal people. You know, we've all struggled. Um, I mean, you tried being stuck in a 12-bedroom, nine-bathroom, one-gym, two-cinema house um, yeah. with a joining swimming pool and sauna area and a skateboard park and only a skeleton staff of 15 working for you. Yeah, it's so, difficult. Yeah. Um, it does put it in perspective, not- I think, for a lot of people. Well, it, it's been hard to get your head around. Um, mm. I mean, no one saw this coming, um, apart from Aston Villa, who furloughed their entire defence at the start of the season. Um, <laughs> don't know about you, lads, how it's affected you personally. I've had to furlough my girlfriend. She was just costing me too much in the end. Wow. Um, <laughs> but you've got to be positive. And I've, obviously, I'm speaking to the lads, you know, most days. And, you know, some of the lads are actually happy about the situation. I mean, none of the Norwich lads thought they'd still be in the Premier League by June. So they're over yeah, the moon. <laughs> yeah, OK. So you are back training now. Mm. And so what's it what's it been like returning to training? Listen, um, a lot of the lads have been struggling with such a large gap between the matches. Um for Paul Pope, but obviously 100 days between games is fairly standard. Um, but things have got underway. Um, the gaffer said he wanted us to treat today's training session like any other, so I faked an injury and skipped it. Okay. But, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well, you know, you, uh, just, just, sorry, Andy, yeah. No, no, I was just going to ask you, Jason, were you worried about returning to training? Listen, when it comes to the health and well-being of footballers, we've been given assurances that the only thing the Premier League are concerned about is making a shed load of money out of us. So, um, listen, we're getting tested a lot. I don't think anyone will have a problem with the thousands of NHS tests being redirected to the Premier League so we can get tested every 20 minutes. Mm. Um, so, it's, listen, I'm way off match fit at the moment, personally. Um, you know, the physios have done all these tests to, precisely measured our level of fitness. My test results came in yesterday. I'm currently at the level of a fat Wayne Rooney. So, um, <laughs> and so full contact, going in full contact, that transition from just, you know, small groups. You're now full contact training. Has, has, that, has that been difficult? Well, it is good to get back into it. Um, first week was, was non-contact training, so it's mainly practising winning penalties. Um, and it's hard to get your head around the changes. I mean, non-contact training for me was, was clear. You couldn't text another player's bear during a session, um, which was disappointing. But if footballers have to make a sacrifice just like the over-70s and them frontline workers, then we'll step up to the plate. Um, but they've asked us to do non-contact goal celebrations, um, which I, I think is an error, you know, when the season does get underway. Which is just what football's about, isn't it? A bunch of sweaty, fit young men piling on top of each other. Um, that's that's football. <laughs> that's very true, yeah, so. that's true. I mean, the, the league, what about the league restarting? Are you, are you comfortable with this? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, hope, I hope it gets underway. Um, I hope Liverpool win the league because... I put half a mil on them before the start of the season. So. <laughs> I'm not, not sure you should admit to that, Jason. <laughs> no, neither anyway, do I, really. Hopefully, no one at the Premier League's heard that. The, um, and they've been talking about drinks breaks uh, as well for the players because obviously you're going to be playing in the summer and they're not used to playing apart from World Cups and stuff at that sort of time of year. How are you feeling about drinks breaks during game? Are you, you think it's a good yeah. idea? Well, I'm not going to lie. I'd love a GNT at half-time. <laughs> what not? Maybe a cigar before throw-ins. Let's 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 open this up to some fresh ideas here. You know, yeah, yeah, it's the quite bold. It's going to be City Arsenal. Um, you know, listen. After so long in lockdown, it's going to be fascinating to see some of the haircuts on display. Um, I've certainly been prepping my barnet for a few weeks now. Mm. Um, German leagues already kicked off. Fascinating to watch Bayern Munich win it for an eighth time in a row. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it was a good weekend of sport, really, wasn't it? George Jordan Sancho was his first hat trick by an Englishman in Europe for 31 years. If you don't count the three girls I picked up in my bed in 2015, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yes, yes, uh, well, that's true. And get things started is what I say. Let's get back in there. Let's get the the, the football restarted. Listen, personally speaking, if you know, we do lose that first game. I'm still going to go with the excuse of a congested fixture list because that'll have been two games in three months, and that's difficult to recover from. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see it's that. It's true. Yeah. So, Jason, you're gone. I was going to ask this one. Yeah. Have you, yeah, have you been doing any charity work in lockdown, helping the NHS, that sort of thing? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I mean, it's no, uh, some people. No, well, you know. Too, yeah. Uh, I know we have got footballers. I know you know footballers' wages could build a new hospital every week. But would you want to watch a hospital for ninety minutes on Sky Sports? No, I can see the logic. <laughs> I, I I can uh, great see, logic. Yeah, see see the logic in that. So overall, then you're, you're chomping at the bit. You can't wait to get back, uh, Jason, and, and playing football and seeing all your mates again. Yeah, let's get back in there. I haven't abused the referee in weeks now. I, I can't wait to get back out on the pitch. And I'd say to everyone, thanks for your support. Um, and, you know, we're asking the public to show their appreciation for what we're doing. Uh, restarting the league, if you can clap us at 8pm, not just on Thursday <laughs> nights, but let's make it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday hmm. as well. At 8am, let's really up a level from the love that we showed the NHS workers. And, you know, they're doing OK. But Premier League footballers are really making the two sacrifices. Well, yeah, I'm sure well, a lot of people know, in, in the profession would agree. Jason, thank you very much. There's uh, Premier League footballer uh, Jason Bend. I mean, I'm sure we're all aware of uh, a legend, uh, the legend that he is. What a fantastic player. Uh, Controversial. Uh, J- Jason, <laughs> Jason doesn't actually exist. He, he's, no. uh, he's a creation of uh, the fine uh, comedian Simon Brodkin. We thank Simon for that. Um, if you want to check out what Simon's doing, he's, he's updating Jason Bent material and other characters, of course, you know and love from over the years, all uh, at Simon Brodkin on uh, Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and elsewhere, all the social media outlets. You can go and check him out at Simon Bronkin. Now, thanks to him. We will check in with Jason, I think, as uh, as the players uh, return. Uh, to uh, Well, it's, it's insight, isn't it? It is. I mean, you're not going to get that insight from, uh, you know, anybody else, really, I would imagine. 
It's uh, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. Well, uh, throughout uh, lockdown, we have been bringing you Steve Bruce's uh, Murder Mystery Striker, one of the three fine books that Steve wrote in the late 90s. That's right, Steve Bruce, the Newcastle manager. And uh, we've reached episode 47. I believe we're just around uh, halfway through the book, so don't worry. Plenty more to go, potentially two more books as well. Um, it is, of course, Dance brought to life no. <laughs> brought to life by the brilliant uh, Ian Danter. And so let's rejoin uh, Stryker now, uh, where we left off on Friday. The letters for town manager Steve Barnes has been kidnapped by a couple of masked individuals and is trying to work out where they're taking him and what they're planning to do with him. The driver turned towards Saddleworth. He cruised slowly downhill to a village called Denshaw. At a crossroads, he slowed right down to study a number of signposts. Go left, the tall man said. The driver obeyed. The signpost was for Leddersford. You'd have been faster staying on the motorway, I said facetiously. What I did not feel, did not feel at all, was happy or humorous. These guys had left the motorway for a very good reason. They were looking for a piece of moorland, perhaps an unused path, well off the beaten track. Maybe even a lay-by along a B-road that had little traffic on it. They'd come over from Ireland to seek some form of revenge for what they believed I'd done to Pat Duffy. I no longer doubted that. Whether they were members of Pat's family or two guys hired to do the deed, I did not know. It didn't really matter. What mattered was the realisation that, for most people, there's only one suitable way outside of the law to avenge a murder. That is by summary execution. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I looked at the gun. This is a subject about which I'm ignorant. 
For all I knew, it could have been a Browning or a Mauser. Also, maybe not that ignorant, after all. The crucial knowledge was that it was a killing weapon. As if there's any other kind. Both men were assassins, sent over the water to kill. To kill the person who had murdered Pat Duffy. And according to the police and all the media, I was that killer. The way the driver negotiated the hillside road proved to me that he had never been this way before. He looked to left and right, he was searching for a suitable place to stop. The knowledge that I was marked out for death set my mind racing. Nothing concentrates the mind more than the fear and knowledge of death. <laughs> well, the question you would ask is, how do you know, Steve? Because you're still very much with us. But um, I think Steve had seen The Long Good Friday a couple of weeks before, before he wrote that scene. It was in his mind. I like to think of Steve in the back of the car. Steve Barnes, obviously no relation, doing the Harold Shan faces um, when Piers Brosnan turns around with a gun. Anyway, um, we've we've enjoyed striking. Thanks again for Dance uh, for giving us his finest. I love Bruce his comments. His yeah, he does. He does editorialise uh, now and again. You can't. You know, if you've been doing it for that long, I, I don't think he can resist it. But um, we are mere novices when it comes to the uh, the literary canon of Steve Bruce. We can now speak to an expert, the world's foremost expert. Basically, means he's read all three books. So that's good enough for us. And he has written about it on the set pieces as well. Uh, Seamus O'Reilly, good afternoon, Seamus. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Oh, I hope you enjoyed Pleasure. that brought to life in the style oh. of uh, Steve Bruce. I really, really did. Um, uh, of course, I hear his, his lovely sort of Geordie Burr in my head every time I go back and read these. Uh, I will mention, of course, that as, as an Irishman, uh, I disavow. Uh, any of the actions of my imaginary compatriots yeah. uh, and, and what they did. Not, not just, obviously, threatening violence, but their apparent ignorance of the laneways and byroads uh, of that entire area of the country. We would have planned beforehand. We would have had the maps. So um, yeah. Yeah. in every way, it's a, it's a calumny on our good name. It is quite difficult to buy maps for a place that doesn't exist, though, isn't it, really, in advance? And Leddesford, well, that ring road at Leddesford, is, it's one of those villages around it. It's quite difficult. Notorious. I mean, yeah. the thing I always, the thing I loved, and one of the things that really drew me in when I started reading these was uh, Bruce's particular affinity for place names. I don't know how many of them you've gotten into, but I've, I've become fascinated with trying to work out how they actually fit in this a bloated United Kingdom that he's invented for himself. So um, it'll <laughs> definitely come out more and more as you read them. It's, how did you get into these books? I mean, where did you first encounter them and how did you suddenly become sort of so obsessed with them? <laughs> I will say, I am the self-appointed uh, world's leading expert. So uh, yeah, you, uh, you I'll, take, I'll take, I'll take, self-appointed very much. But um, I, I'd heard about them from a few people. So I, I write about football quite a bit and about bad art quite a lot. <laughs> um, and I think a few football-y journal types had said, oh, have you, have you heard about these novels? And they've been passed around like almost like sort of, you know, black market literature because anyone would think that they'd all been poked by uh, by Steve himself because they were quite hard to get your hands on. I uh, decided I'd try and track them down. I got the first one, and uh, which is obviously uh, thrilling your listeners uh, over the last 47 installments. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was... I was absolutely just hooked because I had everything that I loved about, uh, if it's fair to say, a, perhaps a bad book in that it was actually legitimately enjoyable uh, for loads of reasons. Um, after that, though, I put that piece out and that was just on my own website originally. And 
absolutely bizarrely, um, it, it really took off. So loads of people read it. And then off the back of that, someone managed to get me the second book in the sequence, which was good because in the intervening time, uh, the price for the second book had gone up to something like 1,500 quid on eBay. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm changing world events here. So um, I'm obviously, I've got my finger on the scales of the world book market clearly um but there were obviously so few that were around and then obviously they were they were like i wouldn't say gold dust but obviously 20 people were trying to get them rather than one person every 20 years so um i find I imagine like, oh, steve second. has got a garage full of them though seamus don't you mean he means this box i mean box after box at the back of his garage um, gathering dust i mean i'd say they're load bearing at this stage i'd yeah. say they're <laughs> cropping up the, the auction. Um, but he's, yeah, they're like there with a, a bag of old cement and uh, a little stick that he set aside just for stirring paint. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I I just, I re- read them pretty much uh, in, in one sitting, which is quite easy. Um, mm. I, I don't know if you've actually seen the book in the flesh, but... Uh, yes, I've got a the, copy here. Yeah, it's quite, it's the, quite a it's thin tome, isn't it? Really? The text is big. Now, I've yeah. compared it in the past to, it's like text the size of like the lettering that goes on the side of a, of a space shuttle. You know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can literally read it from a distance these days. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's very charming. Uh, also, the the sheer the sheer levels of invention involved. Um, obviously, you might not have noticed, but Steve Barnes has a lot of similarities to Steve Bruce. Mm. Um, yes. But then there's also these the, the more even than the similarities are the things that he's kind of invented. So, for example, he, he's at Lettersford, and he at the time he wrote these books, he was managing Huddersfield. Yes. But uh, in his playing days, he talks about his glory days at Mulcaster United. Yeah, so yeah, of course. That's obviously Manchester United. I did. So you know, I'd not thought of that until you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what complicates that, though, is the reason that you would do that and say something like Roy of the Rovers, they change the name so they don't step on anyone's toes or whatever. He also has Manchester United in the book. So he talks about oh, uh, Alex Ferguson. You know, you don't need to be Alex Ferguson to work that out. Mm. Um, but but how is there also, how is there a Mulcaster and a Manchester United? He's uh, messing with our heads. That's why he's, he's just he's messing he's, with us. Yeah, uh, he's made this this fictional universe, which is just way more complicated than it needs to be, or in fact than than it should be. Yeah. Uh, I've I've compared it in the past. It's like a sort of a bloated sort of Westeros from Game of Thrones, just <laughs> filled with black pudding and fags. We're we're doing Striker, which is the first. I didn't. I had no idea what the sequence was, but thanks. I'm just reading your piece. I now know that Striker, that begat Sweeper, and then came. Uh, Defender. So I think we may be able to get our hands on a copy of Defender, thanks to a TalkSport listener, if we continue this. But what's the best of the three, Seamus? What would you say? Does he get better uh, as a writer as time goes on? Hands down, it's Sweeper. So that's the second one. Uh, The first one is great. Really? Sweeper is is a step up again. Now, I'm only going to give you information that is on the cover. I'm very very conscious of spoilers. Right. This is is my 22nd... Just, just if you wanted your, your listeners to, to have their, their whistle wetted for, for Sweeper, which is the second one. It involves uh, Nazi hunting uh, secret agents, right. Serbian warlords, right. hmm. uh, yeah. faked deaths, and secret service like MI6, MI5, counterterrorism wow. operations. And Steve Barnes is at the center of all of those things. Uh, I was going to ask you if Steve's in it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Steve, so Steve Barnes somehow gets involved in a, in a web of intrigue which involves all of those previously stated things. <laughs> Sounds incredible. Uh, <laughs> to give you any more information on how those things all went together, you can obviously yeah. read my, my wonderful pieces, but uh, if you want to just hold out uh, and, and listen for yourselves uh, as it goes out, then you will be surprised at every turn how yeah. a man who has neither the bearing, I would say the time, mm. or the expertise to be... Uh, a detective, as he is in the first book, he certainly does not have any of those things to be a literal counter-terrorist operative. Uh, so <laughs> it's, 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 it's even crazier. Yeah. Have you, have, you had any, have you had any contact with Steve Bruce? Has he, has he acknowledged that you, you're the leading expert on his work? Um, no, I'm obviously, uh, we here at the Steve Bruce Literary Resource Archive, uh, which is to say my uh, sitting room, uh, we, of course, we occasionally, because uh, I think most people took took my reviews in the, the spirit they were intended, which was that, you know, comes from a place of love. Steve Bruce mm. appears to be one of the nicer guys in football, and uh, he's always been someone I've had a lot of time for. And I think the books really show that he's, he, he's not a bad guy. It's, it's very, I did it with a lot of love. Um, and so people have reached out in that spirit, and no one's been mean to him on my behalf. But apart, some people have asked him, and he's always been the same, I believe. So just anecdotally, he's always just sort of made fun of himself. And as he has done in, in press re- press interviews and stuff, he's he can he has a sense of humour about the whole thing. But yeah. he's not particularly interested in a talking about it very much, or b, which is the big big problem, writing us any more. So I think he's. He's drawn a line under it. So every time I see Steve Bruce's name, you know, trending on Twitter, it's, it's you know, he's got a new job or he's, he's left a job. There's always one small part of me that just hopes, just hopes it's, you know, it's from a publisher saying they finally signed him for a five more. Wow. Well, if they're that rare, I mean, you'd bring out a very small print run and just charge a couple of grand a time. It could be quite lucrative. But Seamus, we're going to have to leave it there. We're out of time, but lovely to talk to you. And uh, I think we may pick this up as we move on to book two. But um, Please do. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be here in the resource archive anytime you need me. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Uh, go and read Seamus's uh, stuff on if the set pieces, um, Steve Bruce's murder or Steve Barnes. You'll be able to find them, and they are really funny pieces about the books. Although, as he says, spoiler alert, we hope to bring you another one once we've got through this one. But uh, it's great to know that the, the, the sweeper is the best. Wow, what a line. What a, that, what a tease that was. So, um, we've got Don't Ask Me coming up. See how much Andy Doesn't say a lot for Defender, though, does it? Really? it don't, that's the trouble. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was the final book. It should have been his strongest, but that's not always the case, of course. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Don't ask me to leave it out. Here we go then. We put Andy's memory to the test. He admits his memory is a bit sketchy at times, but he's had a couple of minor successes in recent months in in this competition. It was very unlucky last week as well, just one wrong. Can he get five out of five uh, today? We only had four uh, shows last week, so there's two from Wednesday. But Andy, we kick off with Friday. Uh, West Brom's Hal Robson Carnu joined us. He was telling yes. us about his uh, his business and uh, oh, shots that he it? was handing out to the NHS. Oh, yeah. Its main ingredient was. Curcumin or turmeric? Turmeric is absolutely right. Yes, that's uh, yeah. one out of one. On Thursday, we spoke to the moose, and um, one of his programmes that he gave us was from the world of non-league football because it featured a team that was soon to be playing at Anfield in a big game. So he was oh. there to do a bit of a bit of a scouting report. Who were the team? God. There is a reason uh, I put this in. It's because I, I said something in passing to him, so which might have given you a clue. Uh, 
No. <laughs> no. It's no gone. Chance. I yeah. asked him whether our old producer Warren Horton was playing in this game because the oh, team yeah. was. Um, Warren's old still, team, which can't remember. Was not, still can't no, remember. not Haven Kettering Haven and Waterlooville. Haven and Waterlooville. Yeah, of course it was. Mike Parry told us on Wednesday he was about. He wanted to buy two things. What were the two things he wanted to buy? A pub. Yeah. And an ocean-going liner, was it? Well, an oil tanker. But yeah, I would have... Well, yeah, an oil tanker <laughs> and a pub. Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> we spoke to Alex Bonkers. Bernandez, who's a coach, uh, who's, uh, his team have got Gilberto Silva's son playing for them. Eduardo oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. is involved oh. with the club. Uh, in which uh, Kent town do they play? Gillingham. It's Gillingham, Gillingham Town, isn't it? Well done, yeah. Andy. Gillingham Town. And finally, yeah, on no, Tuesday... Why did we speak to Shan Wayne Stevens last Tuesday? He's a member of a team. Shan Wayne Stevens. Wayne Stevens. Which, which team is he a member of? Oh, no. No. Shan Wayne Stevens. No. The Jamaican bobsleigh team. Oh, of course he was, yeah. Seen pushing a yeah. mini around Peterborough uh, while they're locked down. So... Three out, of five, three out of five, not bad. Not bad, <laughs> yeah. part of the course, really. Which will delight our next guest. And Peter, we've got to mention as well. Two for the price of one. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Andy Smart will give us his top five or something. But uh, as we said, a little Peter mention there for um, Adrian. He's alongside Goffey now with Drive. Cheers, yeah, he got two out of five because uh, turmeric wasn't the first answer on the first question, so right, I'm yes, not giving I'll... him that one. No, but curcumin <laughs> is a similar product. Anyway, don't worry about it. Similar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a spice. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. So there we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show, and uh, we're going to have to get ourselves a copy of Sweeper, which uh, we now know, of course, is, <laughs> is Steve, quid we're not going to. Is Steve's masterwork. Uh, so uh, we'll work on yeah. that. Let me just say hello so, to uh, Dan. Us. A shout-out to Dan Collins. Yeah, he's uh, he listens to the podcast. He's in America. He's had the virus, but hopefully he's going to be uh, feeling better soon and uh, coming back to England. And he just sent a lovely message about how he's enjoying the podcast. So I thought I'd say hello to him, wish him uh, well and a speedy recovery. Indeed. And, yeah, good, uh, good luck to you. And uh, thanks very much for listening. And uh, we, we wish you a speedy recovery. Um, we'll do it all again tomorrow. We'll have Andy Smart joining us and lots of other stuff besides. Until then... Take care. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 